Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Hey, produce people. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is November 13, 2023. Now, last week, November 9th, was my son's birthday, and I think that's why I was so mixed up with the dates from last Monday's episode saying November 9th on November 6th. So big shout-out to my son, Ty, for turning 12 last week. Now, a couple announcements before we get started today. Uh, Listen, it has been a crazy year. 2023 has been jam-packed with trade shows, and I have now decided that there is no more trade shows for me uh, through the end of the year. I've got the trek that is coming up literally in three days that I'll be traveling to the Dominican Republic for. That is water for all, everyone, with Blue Missions and Continental Fresh. And then I am done for the rest of the year. There will be no more. I thought about going to the New York Produce Show, but have approved my registration, and we're already less than a month away. So I'm out. Uh, So we're already going to start planning for 2024, everyone, and what shows we will attend. Also, were you on the virtual networking call last week? We've had a few great guests over the entire year, and they've been awesome giving their subject matter expertise, lending a hand on what their retail outlets or wholesale outlets do, and just overall being great stewards to the purchase and supply chain industry. Now today, we've got a bit of a lineup. We've got some Texans on the line and surrounding states. We're talking all about data and analytics and how it comes into the country, how it gets reported, and what organizations do that. Uh, There are big problems within Texas. CBP, USDA, uh, DHS on getting a lot of this reported. So we're going to have Brent Aaronworth of Brothers Produce on, Martha Montoya of Ag Tools, Amanda Horney of London Fruit Company, Allison Moore of the Fresh Produce Association of the Americas, and Dante Galazzi of Texas International Produce Association. All of our guests are going to talk about the importance of data analytics and reporting into the country, what's coming across, how to better forecast, transparency, and more. So without further ado, let's get this episode started. Brent Aaronworth, holy cow. I think it's been like three years for you to get on a podcast again with me, right? (laughs) It's been uh, it's been a little while. I, I think I uh, did the first one though, if I if I do recall. April first, two thousand twenty, Brent's birthday. We uh, did fortieth fortieth uh, birthday. No, we skipped your fortieth birthday because of COVID. Technically, you're a year younger, right? Because that never yeah. happened. I'm actually, forty two <laughs> instead of forty. We did daylight savings year in twenty twenty. If most of you don't know, but it was daylight savings year the whole year. But uh, no, Brent, listen, man, um, we talk all the time. And one of the things that we talk about is always talking trash back and forth to each other. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Let's get that out right out of the way, everyone. Uh, but one of the other things we we always talk about is what's happening in the industry, current events, right? That's why sometimes we're so quick to react um, on socials. And, and everybody, if you haven't noticed, Brent's pulled back a lot on socials uh, these last couple of months, focusing on different aspects of his business. You might know, you might not know. I mean, I follow Brent, so I'm always like, where you at, homeboy? Where you at, right? So, um Let's talk about this. Your home state, Brent, we have an issue, okay? And this issue came to me, and I wanted your opinion uh, because we're going to get a lot of opinions from other people today. Uh, We're kind of doing a little round robin. But, you know, as Brothers Produce, uh, you know, over a $200 million company, everyone, over 3,000 products uh, being distributed, 
we have a problem with numbers, with actual data coming in from Mexico to the States. And I've, you know, connected with Dante at Tippa. I've connected with Amanda Horney at, you know, London Fruit. Connected with a lot of people, Brent. They're saying it's an issue. It's taking 10 days to get reports of what imports are coming in into Texas. Now, before we get into any of that, bro, what is your thoughts on data analytics? How do you perceive this? And is this a problem? Yeah, so I think when you talk about the the analyzing of whatever it is on data, I think it's important no matter what aspect you're you're analyzing. I mean, if I'm talking to a grower, which I consider anybody I do business with a partner. I win, they win. I lose, they lose. We're, we're in it together. So in analyzing data, I need to make sure that my vendors, and this is why I don't just buy on price. I don't just, I, I you know, it's a whole conglomerate of service quality, but I want somebody that knows what they're doing because it's easy to sell somebody something in a falling market or some other anomaly, but Who's going to protect me when things are about to go up? Who's going to dial in and dive into the data to understand, hey, we're seeing less fruit cross borders. But again, to what you're saying about the Texas deal and the data, if somebody's not digesting and updating that data and properly getting it into the shipper's hands, and I would assume that every shipper knows what they have of themselves crossing. They might not know about a whole commodity across the spectrum. But I need that person to let me know that kind of stuff so my buyers can do the best job they can because I personally don't have time to dial into that data because I've got my own data that I need to be breaking down to operate more efficiently and to make sure that our margins are good. So let me ask you a question. So you're saying at each, and again, it's, I'm setting this up like this question. Are you saying at each point of the supply chain? <laughs> uh, no, but listen, at each point of the supply chain, you're saying that everybody should invest in their own data Linux we like that analytics. Uh, oh, data! I just made up a whole new word. Uh, the data and analytics for their respective verticals. So, if I'm a citrus supplier, I should be investing in the in the in the vertical of citrus to be able to go to my customers and say, "Hey, Brent, this is what's going on." And then you were going to invest in data and analytics that's going to help you with your products to your clients and your supply chain, right? So it's kind of a mix. Everybody's kind of got to do their own part and their own job, is what it sounds like. So the supply chain, I mean, there's a reason it's called a supply chain. It's basically a big link of chains that link together to basically get something from point A to point B. Yep. And everybody within that supply chain is responsible for something to move the products along. Yeah, and I like that. Somebody, you know, has to to get this data. So we have to be able to tell our customers what's going on out there. And especially in the past couple of years, it's been more messed up than ever. And if we don't have the proper data to analyze the situation on the market as something, then how do we go to market? How do we not leave money on the table? How do we not overcharge? I mean, we data is so important to everyday business. It's just it's very time consuming and labor costs. You know, there's a lot of labor costs to diving into this data and it's boring work, but it has big output. That's the truth. I mean, listen, there is a special place in heaven for the people that go through all that. They like numbers. They like numbers. They do. And I listen, I'm one of those guys, but I definitely like I can't get bifocals, man, because at this point, like I can't read them anymore. Like the, these sheets that print off, like you just you do. You have to 
you've got to love looking at the numbers. And and again, I do love looking at them, but I love looking at them, Brent, when they're nice, shiny, and pretty on graphs and mm-hmm. stuff, right? Not that not this raw data, but so, that's why it's so important. I've been preaching this, Brent, that we got to have transparency in this. Now I'm gonna bring up a subject and you're gonna love it. And I don't and I love it too. So in 2020, according to the USDA, they reached out to United Fresh. And apparently nobody got back to them from United Fresh. Now, obviously, there's Thanks, two of us, uh, right? There's a there's a uh, there's a there's a, a wall there. Uh, but John Hawley was on uh, that call as well from International Fresh Produce Association. And everybody was saying, like, it's in our best effort uh, to really bring this to IFPA because they have that voice up in Washington. And obviously they're going to play a part of it because they're part of the industry. But this is why, Brent, I'm going to go back three years and say, this is what we've been preaching of why you need to get involved in your own industry's politics. Because if the USDA is relying on one organization to reach out to, and I'm not saying John Hawley fell down or United Fresh fell down or IFPA fell down or TIPA fell down. Right? I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, is how come the businesses in Texas didn't even know about this? Right. That's where I'm concerned that the people in our industry you need to stand up and get more involved because if the USDA is only reaching out to one company for an answer, that's a say all end all be all Brent. And, and that's what scares me the most is that, you know, we're, we are relying on it. So that's why I wanted to get you on the call today too, is because you are an advocate and a healthy advocate for the produce industry. And we need to get more people in Texas involved in this and not just Texas, but growers to understand that they need this information as growers in the United States need to know what is coming in on respective product of their category, bro. Yeah. Well, it helps them. I've fought this so many times and it has nothing to do with a particular item, but the term, when we talk about the market of an item, I can't tell you how many times somebody's placed me a load of cherries when the market's 60, $70 and, Oh, I'm handing you a gold mine here. You know, this is a good product. But what they don't understand, and going back to where this ties into the data, how many cherries are actually coming into Texas? Are cherries being used in Texas? You know, is there a lot of distressed cherries in Texas? So just because the market's X amount doesn't mean the landscape of the region sets that market. And that has to do with obviously the crossings and whatnot that how much fruit's out there, what kind of supply constraints are going on within each crop, you know, because there could be a premium on better crop in regards to citrus, you know, maybe fancy's bringing in more of a premium than it, than it should because there's less of it out there. We we don't know, but we need that data to go through and do that because like I said, we have to, it helps us understand more of the entire landscape of the bigger picture and not just our region. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a marketing effort for a reason. There's a marketing order for a reason, right? When Chili's not allowed to come in, Chili Citrus isn't allowed to come in until they reach a point in California Citrus being complete with their crop. If we don't know how much product- How do we know when we're threshed? How do we know when we're getting close to that? I I can give an example. The other day, I walked in my buyer's office and they told me we're still in Mexican lemons. And I said, I thought the Mexican lemon season was like August. Some reason now it's still going. Is that new? I mean, did I or, or were I, they just bringing it in because there weren't is any it old on the crop? East Coast, Are they right? old crop? Is it normally is Mexico normally covering a different region, but there's less 
going into other regions and now they're backfilling? We don't know. I don't know. I agree. I well, there's no difference in Argentina. I mean, remember t- seven, d- 10 years ago, Argentina wasn't a player. Europe, Spain took all the Argentinian mm-hmm. lemons. And now we're opened up where we have a floodgate of Argentinian lemons. Uh, did that Mexico deal tighten up? Or was that, like I said, did Mexico get better deals from other countries? And which is why we have Argentina. Argentina is a cheap product, bro. It's a, it's so what's cheap the product, answer right? on Mexico? Why is Mexico still cranking out lemons in November? Well, what's the answer? That, that's a great question. And and ready for this? And why don't we have the data to even understand it? So you don't. So you. I guess you don't know the answer either, huh? No. Yeah, I don't either. Right. I, mean, I sell. I sell three loads of lemons. Did they gas the limes got... down there and call them lemons? Well, I mean, they call them limons. <laughs> well, listen. I'm a uh, Amanda's going to be on next. I would ask Amanda from London Fruit, who does lemons out of Mexico. So we'll have an answer uh, by the end of the show. Uh, Brett, I want to thank you for coming on. I said, being a Texan, uh, being right there in the heart of it all. And listen, Viva Fresh, we're going to be at Houston next year. So uh, Brent and I are thinking Here's about a planning good city. something, right? Yeah, listen, uh, Brent, I've told you Just... we're going to plan something at your place. So everybody stay tuned because we are going to have a little on-site uh, event, hopefully, uh, at Brothers Produce uh, just before the event. Uh, Brent might be too busy to come out to the show, even though it's right down the street from his house. Uh, that way, we're going to make sure that everybody comes to him. So if you're interested in uh, something like that, uh, reach out to me because we're going to have some fun in uh, in Houston next year. I just sent you a text from somebody I just got. They might be a good DJ for a uh, for a party, for listen, a party listen, of uh, in Houston. Any party <laughs> that, that we're at is going to be a – oh, yeah, I just got the text. Good, good text. <laughs> No, that's great. All right, Brent. Well, listen, we'll we'll see you soon. And uh, like I said, have fun preparing for Thanksgiving, man. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me on. Discover Orchard Freshness on Amazon Fresh with Arctic Apple Slices. Arctic Apples stays orchard fresh longer than other prepackaged, pre-sliced apples. This means less waste and no more half-eaten apples. Plus, you'll love the undeniable freshly picked flavor. Arctic Apple Slices are available in convenient grab-and-go bags in both Arctic Golden or Arctic Granny varieties in select markets on Amazon Fresh. Packable, snackable, 100% irresistible. In the heat of summer, you're just counting the days until cooler weather and all those fabulous fall flavors. Packed with a refreshing flavor everyone loves, Noble Florida Starburst Pomelos. The largest citrus on earth and the perfect sweet fall treat you've been waiting for. Perfectly ripe for a limited time. Look to noblecitrus.com on where to purchase your next Noble Florida Starburst Pomelos. JGLC, the place to be, a third-generation, family-owned and operated asset-based company. Throughout their 60 years in business, integrity, reliability, and loyalty to their customers has remained their top priority. JGLC guarantees 24-7 communication with your personal logistics coordinator. They offer competitive pricing without sacrificing services. They operate throughout the United States and Canada. JGLC's customers count on them for dependability and dedication carried out on every order, every time. 60 years of service for all your trucking needs. Visit them at jglc.com for your custom quote. 
Welcome back, everyone. It's always great to hear from Dynamite sponsors producing Dynamite content in the produce and supply chain industry. Now, we've got some more featured guests. It was great to hear uh, from Brent. Now, it's time to hear from Martha Montoya, Amanda Horney, Allison Moore, and Dante Galazzi. Uh, let's hear more. Again, everyone, please send us an email at theproduceindustrypodcast at gmail.com if you want your voice to be heard. We'd love to hear your insight on the Texas crossings and all the data and analytics that are being delayed up to 10 days. So, again, let's go ahead and hear from Martha Montoya on the importance of data and analytics and forecasting and even their, uh, I would say, partnership with Pure Curant. I've got the one and only Martha Montoya here, Martha. Hello, Mr. Patrick. How Great are you doing? Great to be here. And so let's talk about what's happening. So what's happening is that after you are in the business for a while, you understand what are the biggest pain points. And there are a lot of pain points. You have volumes, you have prices, you have things like that. But what you don't have is the visibility of the future. Right. You want visibility of the future. So we all have lived that we see POs coming in and we don't know whether we're going to be delivered. And for many reasons, whether we are the one sitting on the desk hassling and for the orders and we don't know what's going on in the back office or because I am in the back office and I don't know how to tell my front office that maybe we are not going to have products. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, this new system or so this new product that you have coming out, it's a partnership, mm-hmm. and it's already integrated into AgTools. 100%. It was a par- it's a partnership that took a while, because it, this is an industry of trust. This is an industry 100%. of trust. Let me repeat that, because a lot of uh, investment world is coming, and we have to remember that it takes a while to build the trust that A, we're going to be in business, B, we're going to stay in business, and C, we're going to hang in business with the ups and downs that happens in this industry. So it took a little bit, and the trust is there. They understand that we do. We are a data science company. We don't buy, we don't sell, we don't trade. And the fact that now they can use the data for this, which is the company Procurant, to be able to, when they get all the orders in, the shippers are able mm. to decide whether they're going to be able to deliver. And from the buying side of it, they're going to see if they're able to receive. Receive it. What I liked about the new platform was the red light, green light, yellow light. You know, it's so easy when you think about it is if there's a red light, it, you know, it's funny. I, oh. Listen, let's be real. So if you think about it, like when you go to the stoplight, mm-hmm. you go through the red is light. Re- you don't go through the red now, light. No, I got a ticket once and I told him, I said, but I go, there was other circumstances. He no. goes, no, no, no. He goes, when there's a yellow light, you he goes, stop and you think. do you slow down and proceed with caution? He goes, or do you run straight through it? And I was like, mm. there you go. So the same thing when you look at the Here, actual system, right? You're going to see the system. You're going to see red. You're not going to be able to deliver. Yellow, be orange, be ready to find out what you're going to do. And green, move on fast from both sides. Get the product going fast. And that's what I like, right? It's all based on science of a phenological faces. Please remember that. Phenological faces are what impact our industry. Phenological faces is what impacts our industry. Industry. So the new tool, the new partnership, we're using weather widgets more, we've got the news, all things, all strategies around bringing data and analytics and making you help, making you have better informed decisions. There Am I go. right? There you go. What are, we gonna, what are we looking forward to for 2024? Uh, more of data science and more in depth because now the size of the fruit depends on that phenological phase and not every size goes to every market. Mm. Stay tuned. 
Hey, Amanda. Well, welcome to this week's episode. Hi, Patrick. Thanks for it's having great. me. It's great to have you. Um, I, I like to try to jump in so fast because things are crazy right now, right? Uh, there's there is a lot going on. Uh, you know, with us jumping on so quick, what I love about the podcast too, is that sometimes we get cancellations and when we get cancellations, we are able to move stuff around so quick. And this topic came up. We just heard from Brent Aaronwort. We just heard from Martha Montoya, the importance of data and analytics in our industry and not just after the fact, but real-time data, Right. Even has to do with transparency, what's impacting our uh, our states. But right in Texas, there's some things going on, and I think you need to talk about it. Yeah, so um, this is what happened. January 2021, we come back from New Year's Day holiday, and um, all of the lime importers used to receive this report that showed the daily crossings. Well, that changed. Um, we weren't notified beforehand that it was going to change, um, and they what they were doing is now not reporting what crossed over the weekends and using the um, custom brokers information on closed files to create their numbers. So custom brokers have about 10 days to fill out, uh, to complete a file on imports that have been crossed into the U S and that's the information they were giving us. So really in reality, we were getting a 10 day lag on this, this information. Um, as an importer, I need to know what crossed over the weekend so that I can buy appropriately on like Monday, Tuesday or throughout the week, right? Um, our retailers, they want, you know, pricing ahead of time. I can't give them that information without knowing what the, the current domestic market is. So this information is vital to the importer community and to domestic growers. Um, we need more transparency from the USDA, the CBP, and the DHS on this. Well, what's amazing is though, is that like, okay, this is fresh produce, everyone. In 10 days, this produce could be moved depending on the commodity, right? Seriously. Exactly. Now we all know if it's oranges uh, or, you know, or lemons, we, we could hold off on those for a few, right? But some other commodities you can not, right? And, and this is something that's very important to me because think about the marketing order. As a California citrus grower, right? And I said as a grower that I worked with, right? Um, we have a marketing order for Chile, right? For Mexico, for all these different things because California citrus, right? California growers first, they need to be able to sell their product before these come in. Could you imagine if all of a sudden nobody knew when Chilean or Mexico or fruit was coming in and then the flood comes in or the, the gate opens? Kind of like what happened to Argentina lemons about five to seven years ago. Do you remember that? All, oh, of I sudden, remember. <laughs> all of a sudden, it was like, boom, right? And and that's what's so crazy. So, and even Brent, Brent brought up a good point. He goes, I'm still confused how they're, how Mexico lemons are coming across right now. Argentina lemons are coming across. D- district, uh, you know, what is it? The um, one, two, and three in California are going to be starting over the next few months. There's a lot going on right now. And if there's no reporting, how the heck can we even justify what's happening sometimes? Exactly. With over 60% of our fruit being imported at the moment and over 40% of our vegetables into the U.S. right now, we need to know this information. Uh, I mean, it affects pricing. It affects demand. It affects everything. Everything. Everything from the growers to the consumer. And the consumers are paying for it. Yes. It Um, impacts the consumers heavily because- 
heavily. We as grower, packer, shippers, importers, we have to determine the pricing based off, I hate to say it, the supply and demand, the dumbbell curve. And again, if we don't know and we think that there's zero loads on the market and costs are going up because driving it through freight or driving it through labor, then our costs change because of that or vice versa. If there's trucks stuck at the port or the uh, the border for two days and there's a hundred trucks there and those game don't get logged into the system. Hey, you remember the $80 avocado market? Like, like, do you <laughs> oh, it was $80 on limes too for right? like, and then I was just saying, the lime it's market well. was 90 to $110. That, those uh, are impacts. So there's, there's five big things that this impacts. And well, what are they, Amanda? So we need to know um, it, market transparency. We need to know what's going on in our domestic market at all times. Um, I need to be an informed buyer. You know, I need to know um, how to buy correctly from our foreign producers. And this really helped us to kind of gauge the market. Um, we we need to be able to predict market trends. I mean, like I said, the retailers, you know, they expect you to have uh, price them out two weeks, 10 days at ahead of time. I can't do that if I don't have this information. I, I mean, I'm just sitting- How do I run a business? Losses. Exactly. Um, the, the consumer impact, you know, people are paying for this. And and, and it, is a, it is a national security issue when so much of our product is, in, so much of our food is imported, right? It, it plays a huge role in, in pricing, availability, and so forth. So our goal is to get the USDA, the CBP, the resources that they need so that they can give us the information that we need. Yep. Well, listen, we're going to hear next from Dante Galazzi of TIPA. We're going to talk to him, get his thoughts, as well as Allison Moore. We are going to have a bunch more people talk about this. And let's get the USDA, let's the CBP office, and the DHS office to listen. Hey, everybody, we're here. We need your help and we're here to give you the tools we and resources this, to do it. Yeah, we need this information now, not yesterday. You know, yesterday's gone. Today, they can do something about this to stop the inflation. If you look at inflation numbers, they've just gone berserk since 2021. Look at them. It's nuts. Uh, this is a way that they can stop this and help our American consumers. Perfect. All right, Amanda, thanks so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Hey, Allison, welcome to the show for the first time. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you for having me. And thank you for elevating this really important issue that the industry has been working on, which is data and efficiently and transparently and um, uniformly having uh, access to crossing data. That's what it's about. You know, we, we've heard from some experts already on the show previous to you. We've got a good lineup today. Right after this, we're going to hear from Dante from TIPA. But I think it's very important as we talk about transparency, communication. Uh, there's things that we need to properly forecast and to do our job as produce people, as I say, right? And I am collectively trying to get more people on board to this. As Amanda Horney, you know, kind of started collectively talking about many aspects of this is is bad. I know there's some good things. I know we got to give some props to USDA, Allison, right? But yeah. there's so much in between this. And I want you to talk about it for a minute or two. So I think USDA has done a great job of moving towards having a uniform 
source of data, which is the customs entry data through their ACE system. So that's a great thing so that you're comparing apples to apples when looking at different ports of entry and you're not relying on different methods of collecting that crossing data. The only challenge is that there is a lag time when CBP quote unquote finalizes that data um, and when those trucks are crossing. So you could have an eight or nine day lag time to really know what crossed the border on a given day. So the challenge is really how do we make that lag time go away so that we're getting real time crossing information so that importers, buyers, um, you know, everyone down the, down the supply chain can make good, good choices that help their business. Right. Informed decisions. Right. I always say this, you know, making an educated decision doesn't mean that you got to be book smart. It doesn't mean you got to have a degree. Right. An educated decision means you've done the proper research and you've tested the theory to say, hey, this is what's happening. Right. Here are the facts of this. Right. So educate yourself in a way to understand. And this is why this group has come together. Right, Allison, because we need to educate the community what's happening. I mean, heck. Fresh Produce Association of the Americas. We definitely want everybody to know, right, what is actually happening. And, you know, what I think is the craziest is I start talking to more people about this. Nobody knows about it. So we're going back all the way to 2021 that this rule was changed. And, you know, there's been a collective group fighting for two years trying to get it back to on-time reporting like the other inbound ports and or crossings in the United States. So uh, definitely an interesting topic. If, if again, if they're listening right now, and if you could say something to, you know, CBP, DHS, USDA, on everybody on, on what we need and why it's so important, what would that quick message be? I think that quick message is produce is so fluctuating based on, you know, mother nature, based on how plants are growing, the market reacts the same way, you know, we have a lot of fluctuation in our market based on supply and demand. So we need to know today what's happening today so that we can make good decisions. So shortening that time frame, giving us access to the data in real time is, is important for the U.S. market. I love it. Well, you heard it from Allison Moore, Fresh Produce Associations of the Americas. Allison, thank you so much for joining the call and joining the cause for Fresh Produce. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Dante, my man, geez, it's been too long on the podcast, but obviously just about eight months seeing you in person. Actually, no, let's rephrase this. I saw you at IFPA, but I have this weird thing of going up to people when they're in meetings and being like, hey, how you doing? Because I don't want to bother them. So I did see you at IFPA, brother. <laughs> Dude, you're exactly right. But at those shows, I mean, it's literally, you're going from one meeting to the next and you're spending no more than 30 seconds, right? It's a pleasantry, a quick word, and then you're on. And I mean, yeah, we saw each other two weeks ago, but that was amidst, what, 25,000 attendees and 2,000 exhibits. Right. I mean, it's a huge show. It's it's definitely huge, man. And that's one of the things about our community is sometimes we can go a little bit without seeing each other, pick right back up where we left off, kind of like some of those friendships from high school and college, right? It's like you see them and you're like, yo, what's happening, right? <laughs> but uh, we're here for a different reason uh, today. Now, you are the closer of our episode. We have had Brent Aaronwort on today. We've had Allison Moore on. We've had Martha Montoya, Amanda Horney. And, you know, this has been an interesting set of events that's happened since 2021 um, with reporting, with what's coming in uh, through Mexico. Uh, it, it just, it, it baffles me to see that as 
As the IRS got 30,000 new employees, right? Uh, the USDA, CBP, DHS um, are lacking resources to get us the information that we need as grower, packer, shippers, importer, importers. And tip is a huge part of this, man. I got to let you have the floor for a bit to talk about how important this is, yep. what we're talking about, and how we need to move forward, Dante. Yeah, Patrick. So you're absolutely right. You know, you talk about these data gaps that we have in our industry, and I'm going to give you a direct correlation to this. In the last two years, we have had more instances of the lime market, the Persian lime market in this country, reaching $50 or more per box. In the last two years, we've had more of those instances than we have had in the last 10. That is directly correlated with the fact that our importers, the guys who are buying and negotiating the, the purchase of limes, don't have good data. And so because they don't have that good data, they are not able to be aggressive. They're not able to set sharp prices. And so when the supplier has all of that power, you don't have a fair back and forth. Now you take that and you extrapolate it across 700 commodities being imported into the US. And so now you think about that negotiation power and you think about that impact across food prices. We're over here trying to fight inflation. We're over here trying to make sure that we have the right amount of product in our supply chain to minimize food waste. All of these factors tie together. And I don't think many people understand the importance of that. They look at this issue and they think it's strictly limes. No, think about the crossing reports for mangoes and grapes and all of the other many, many commodities that we depend on as Americans from foreign producers, right? They're in addition to our domestic supply. And so we have got to have that good visibility. This is so incredibly important. And I apologize. I get down this rabbit hole and I get very passionate, but Patrick, this is so incredibly important because it is a tool that we have had for decades and then the tool shifted without our industry truly understanding it. Or no, some, maybe some of us not even knowing. Right. And some probably, you're, you're exactly right. Some just simply didn't know it. And they just kept looking at the information being provided. And that caused this disruption. That caused this significant fluctuation in prices in the market. And so it is, it is, it is, it is beholden upon us as industry representatives to make sure that we have the best quality data out there. And I'm sure Martha touched on it. I'm sure Amanda touched on it is if you don't have the right information, you're not making the right choices. And if you're not making the right choices, that impact isn't something that you feel today and tomorrow. That's something you feel for months. Your if kids not feel years. it. Yeah, right. your, kid, your kids are going to feel it, right? Yeah. I mean, Allison Moore was talking about that a lot too. It's like, you want to, you want to tackle inflation? Uh, data and analytics is one way to do that as well, right? Exactly. And I talk about that now with my son loving produce so much, you know, it's like, is it going to be affordable? You know, last night, you know, Dante, he he, uh, he took the time and made a kale salad, a chicken kale salad. And could you imagine if it gets to the point where remember when romaine lettuce was 80, 90 bucks a box, right? I don't think he's going to be making a kale salad when it comes to stuff like that, right? So the things that the Debbie snacks, right, that are still $1.99 compared to a uh, Kiss Melon that's, you know, $12, right, when you buy it, right. like, what is going on here? So, yeah, I think it's very important how we look at things and the community, you know, I... Uh, you know, got involved with Quinton Rowe uh, just a couple of years ago. And Quinton Rowe is a Florida citrus grower. And you might think to yourself, how how would this affect Florida, right? Like, would it affect Florida? 
Hell yes, it does. Because guess yep. why? When Florida crop isn't there, guys like Noble Citrus are importing from Mexico, right? They're importing from Chile, right? And and if they don't have those tools, as Quinton Rose said to me, and he will be joining the community of team now because I've, I, I kind of got him on board for this. But he's like, oh, my God, this is imperative, right? And he even gave yes. me a story that went back 20 years that was like, let me tell you a story of why I'm so interested in this. And I'm going to let Quentin, you know, talk to you direct about that right. and save that. But he has stories that this has happened before in his timeline. You're, you're exactly right. Anytime we have a disruption that isn't caused by us, it's caused by by someone else, not necessarily giving the right information. I'm, I'm hesitant to say, but maybe even in a sense, not doing their full job. It disrupts our patterns when we don't have visibility to the supply in our marketplace. We are going to make uninformed purchases. We may buy more. We might buy too much. And what ends up happening is you end up debilitating a strong market or you overpurchase or you overpay because you think there's less supply than there is. I mean, the dynamics are huge, but the economics are simple to understand. Supply and demand drives our marketplace. And if we don't have visibility to supply, we cannot set good demand markers. 100%. And one thing I'm going to throw it, because if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, this is over my head, I'm going to dumb this down for you so easy right now. We all know Nick Cage. Nick Cage is a millionaire that spends way more than his budget allows, right? And it all comes on based of the income that he perceives that he's going to make, not allowing for the expenses. We've all read about this, right? Nick Cage likes to spend money, everyone. Likes but, to buy castles in Italy. Yes. And I say that in a sense because it's informed decisions. I guarantee you, if you sat down with his CPA, his CPA is probably driving a Lamborghini as well and having a castle as well. So it's all about that community and what you put yourself in. So again, if Nick Cage thinks he's able to buy a castle because the CPA is giving him the wrong data or not up-to-date information on his spendings, right? Maybe because Nick Cage has a check that he hasn't cashed. I'm just saying in general, That's think right. about the concept of it, people, that you need the information to move forward. Patrick, I'll give you an even easier one. We just I love it. through COVID and we remember the toilet paper shortages of 2020, yeah. right? We all remember that. We Think do. Of produce this way. We were willing to pay a lot more for toilet paper in 2020 because there was so little of it. We are willing to pay $100 a box for limes because the perception we have for today's crossings is there were fewer limes out there. But the reality was there was actually more limes. We just weren't seeing it in the report. In the reports. This is what I'm talking about. Imagine as a consumer, if you knew there was more toilet paper and you didn't have to pay $20 for your eight pack roll, you could you only have hoarded it either. You wouldn't have hoarded. You're exactly right. This is this is the equivalent of that toilet paper instance, right? I if mean, you yeah, it is. Stuff, you don't pay for it as much, right? Or the, the supply and demand, um, uh, right? We're going to keep going. Exactly. We're going to close. We're going to close this out. You look at supply and demand on toilet paper and what happened. My my, my good buddy Sean Riley owned owns Dude Wipes, right? No one no one picked up those though. They were so focused on toilet paper, right? That you didn't see the other commodities rise. Nobody went down the aisle of baby wipes. Those were all still fully sw fully packed with baby wipes, right? But it's an informed decision, right? It's be, being educated enough. And that's what I told Allison. Educated, not a degree, being educated in life to know how to make the right decisions. So Dante, 
Let's give one more loud shout of what we want them to hear right now before we end this episode. What do we want everybody to know and what do we want people to move forward with today? Absolutely. What we want to know is this. We want good reporting. We want visibility to the loads that are crossing within 24 hours so that our industry, the U.S. fresh produce supply chain, can make informed purchasing decisions that keep food prices where they need to be and friendly for American consumers. Help us help you. And there you have it, everyone. Dante Galazzi of TIPA. We will see you in the fields and on the horizon. We'll see you out there, man. All right, everyone. Well, that is our episode. Again, please reach out to us at the Produce Industry Podcast at gmail.com uh, to have your voice heard. And if you've got more information on the subject matter of the Texas crossings uh, with USDA, DHS, and CBP, we are uh, fighting as a collective community uh, to get some of this change to where it's not 10 days uh, for reporting. We're trying to clean that up to get a little bit faster, and hopefully we'll be able to hear uh, from you soon. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.